guys, more teams. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Arden Kaler. Yes, we are. Thank you, Paul Plastino. It's a new year. Between the stammers is back. Caleb Kirby here. Pumped for 2019. Jacked! For 2019. Yeah, we're not lazy anymore. We've gone through that period. We've eaten a lot of food. Way too much food. We've watched a lot of Canucks. I think we should just start right off the bat. Elias Pettersson had a nice day. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, all those goals were like highlight reel complete beauties. That second one blew my mind. We're passing on that play? Yeah. Yeah, it was real nice. The they just moved as a full unit up the ice was incredible. Uh, we are broadcasting this episode of Between the Stammers on a Thursday, January third, hot on the heels of the Canucks four three overtime victory over the Ottawa Senators on a Wednesday night. It was a great game, a great game, great day for Elias Patterson. The kid got four hundred and. 26 i think or four hundred twenty-four thousand dollars in bonuses yesterday oh nothing did wrong with that? that did you hear that <laughs> uh it's kind of like remember uh, last year when brock had the had the uh, great all-star game and he got a car and he got like 400 and something grand just for the one day yeah kind of same thing for patterson uh, patterson was a star last night scoring a hat trick against those ottawa senators the canucks tried to blow that game they did you know, they did everything they could, uh, but they were able to come away with a 4-3 victory thanks well, to the exploits. Give credit where credit is due. I don't think the Canucks played all that poorly. That Hogberg backup that we saw in net for Ottawa, that guy was unreal. Yeah. That was one of the best goalie performances I've seen all season, and he's like, you know, 20th string. I thought Blackwood for New Jersey was actually pretty good, too. That was really good. Right? Yeah. So, like, over the last, like, four games, the Canucks have seen – that uh, the backup for the Jets, Bricio. Yeah. I was at that game. He stoned them. Yeah. Had, shut them out. Then they saw Blackwood yep. uh, in New Jersey who shut them out. And then last night, Holberg, who did his best. And I thought he was going to get us. And I it's, really did. It's funny, too, because even the games they won against Edmonton and Calgary, both those guys started out the year as backups. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, they've just been... Going through backups here, and I, I thought, I mean, I mean, aside from Koskinen, who was the Edmonton goalie, like all the other guys played really well against this team. What is it with Canucks and backup goaltenders that seem to foil them? I don't know, man, but this is like going on almost two decades now. The the fact that Canucks always seem to struggle with uh, goalies, I think it's like their longest ongoing thing that is a kryptonite to this team. Like, longest ongoing weird thing, aside from, like, the team having its own issues, this is just one of those, like, this is the universe throwing a curveball at this team. Yeah. For some reason, they get stonewalled by backups, but... Speaking of backup goalies. They won. Yeah. Speaking of backup goalies, kind of weird, just hours before Canucks game against the Ottawa Senators, there was a trade announced. The Canucks sent goaltender Anders Nilsson and forward Darren Archibald. Caleb Kirby's favorite player for <laughs> goaltender Mike McKenna for Tom Pyatt and a sixth round draft pick. What do you think? Do you find it that weird? I don't find it that weird at all. I don't know if I found it weird, but it's kind of strange that 
that uh, to pack up your shit and leave to the locker room across the road or yeah. across the no fair enough that's that, that's <laughs> awkward for that player but i mean in that new jersey game i felt like i'm like this is nilson's last game it felt that way yeah like just watching it happen yeah he wasn't good no uh, and it's it, demco time now it's it, time for it to happen it is they haven't called up thatcher demco yet we're broadcasting this on a thursday but they did send mike mckenna down to clear waivers it's a pretty good uh pretty good um thought that he's going to clear waivers we did talk about this too at the beginning of the season saying like we were hoping to see thatcher get some reps in the new year and and that was kind of the time where we were hoping for it and it seems like management has realized that as well and i mean canucks offloaded some good money with this uh trade deal as well that's that's the point that i wanted to make looking at this trade because i said earlier this year that I thought that Jodemko wasn't going to get in because here they had Anders Nielsen who they had given a hefty contract well not hefty but you know a solid size contract who you aren't gonna you know you're not gonna just put this guy on waivers and look to lose him right they're gonna have him on this team he was making two and a half mil but with the goaltending problems in Ottawa this was clearly a chance that they were willing to take there in Ottawa so this is hats off to I think uh, Jim Benning for pulling this deal off. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not it's not like a blockbuster or anything like that, but uh, he he shedded some money. He got a a player that he could send down to Utica right away or wave, and then Tom Pyatt and what is it a sixth rounder? He got out of the deal as well. Yeah, sixth rounder, yeah. Not bad, Jimbo. Not bad at all. And then this is what everybody wants, right? We all want to see what Demko can do even if he is in this backup role and we want to see the next evolution of how this guy is going to fare in the NHL. This is his time. Mm-hmm. His time is now. Yeah. And uh, he's, you know, he's played pretty good down in the uh, AHL there. He has a eight and five record with a 2.51 goals against average. He had made 44 saves in just uh, on, I think it was, maybe it was last night playing probably his last game for uh, the Utica comics before he's going to get called up to play with the big team. And he's going to get some run, right? He's going to uh, – Markstrom is playing the back-to-back. He's going to be playing tonight. As he should. Against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. But Dude. Again, Demko's going to get some run because, you know, there's going to be more back-to-backs coming up. Markstrom has just been so fantastic. He was good again last night. Yeah. He wasn't challenged as much as, as the Ottawa goaltender Hogberg, but, uh, like – he is playing his best hockey as a Canuck easily. It, it's coincided with this run of great play yeah. by the Canucks, right? So, and it's like I mean, we've talked about the defense kind of ad nauseum on this podcast. It covers up a lot of. They have some deficiencies, yeah. and right now he's more than making up for them. Absolutely. And I love, man. I really, really liked. I liked the fact that Barchi scored yesterday. But, you know, we see Levo go down. We see Levo leave the game in the first. Barchi gets put on that line with uh, Patterson and Besser. That line, to me, looks like a piece of business. I would like to see that line more and more and more because last night they were on fire. I love the Barchi goal to 
to start things off. I was like, are the Canucks ever going to score tonight? I was thinking that, watching the game, and then finally they got a dirty one like that, and I loved yeah. it. I loved it. And he was right there. That's where you got to be. It was a great power play. They they hadn't done too well in their first couple power plays in mm-hmm. the game, and f- they got to that dirty area, and Berchi scored the goal. Like He's he's good at getting to those dirty areas, I think. And that's he's what's gonna be so much better on the wall than some of the other guys on this team that have been put in the same position he's been put in. Yeah. He hunts pucks down just way, way better. Sure. And he's got finish, right? Mm-hmm. A guy like Granlin, he can hunt pucks down, but he doesn't have his like his finish isn't even close to a guy like Berchi. Yeah, and they need someone up there on the wing that can take a spot there. Uh, other things we wanted to talk about in this podcast, Nikolai Goldobin falling out of favor, perhaps, spurred on by rumors of Canucks shopping him. Uh, we got to see Quinn Hughes and other Canucks prospects at the World Juniors held in Vancouver and Victoria, right in our backyard here. Uh, the NHL All-Star Game rosters were announced for every division. So, yeah, this is a jam-packed episode. Let's talk about Nikolai Goldobin, though, falling out of favor uh, it seems, maybe, with the Vancouver Canucks, some pretty interesting comments by uh, Travis Green in an article, I guess, to, I don't know, was it Canucks Army? Some Somewhere those those articles, those, those uh, quotes came up, but talking about how he's making the same mistakes over and over again. That's why he was a scratch in the game against the Ottawa Senators. What are you seeing from uh, Gold Dobin, and why do you think he's kind of the odd man out here? left and right first off i agree with those comments 100 percent. it's not racism no it's nothing like that um but i don't know if a guy like Schaller last night did enough to keep his spot in the lineup either i thought he was okay you know um and it's a different ad drop right like you're not going to add Schaller into your top six yeah you're going to give some other guys a shot in there if you are going to add a guy like Schaller. but um for me gold omen's just not doing enough again on the wall back checking all that sort of stuff. It, two games in a row, he was responsible for a goal. Like, in that game against Calgary, there's this one back check where him and Louie were both back checking, and neither of them picked the guy up. Mm-hmm. But it was more Goldobin's guy than Louie's. Yeah. And you just saw him just coasting in. Um, and it was on a power play, right? So, I mean, this is Calgary sh- scoring a shorthanded goal. All he had to do was continue to skate. He would have had the guy. He would have picked him up, but he stopped. Pretty, like, glaring error on a team where you're supposed to, I mean, at a time when you're supposed to be getting a goal for your team, not losing a goal. That one, to me, was like, I was like, okay, he's now in some some trouble. He didn't play much after in that game. And then against New Jersey, Brian Boyle right in front of the net, and he didn't even get a stick near him. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, if it's that glaringly obvious to us watching the game, like, imagine all the other little things that he's not doing that his coach wants him to do to probably get him scratched out of there. I, my my biggest problem with him, again, isn't necessarily even his back checking. It's his ability to get on a puck and hold a puck or keep it, pass it. I like. I just don't think he does enough. Like secondary assists to Pedersen, they're not enough. You're 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 you know basically passing it to Brock or passing it to PD so they can pop one. Anybody can do that. So he's got to produce more than just these secondary assists. Uh, just looking at some of those comments, um, he just said it was it was 
quote, I don't think Goldie has played his best hockey. He's a young guy that's still learning, and there are certain areas of his game that he's got to get better at. We've had a lot of communication and done a lot of coaching with Goldie this year. We've had practice this morning designed to help Goldie. It's one thing for players to make mistakes. I can live with that. I've said that before, but you don't want to see the same mistakes being made. There are certain parts of his game he has to get better at, and he understands that. Now, kind of adding more fodder to this whole thing, Elliot Freeman was out there pumping up rumors that the Canucks were shopping Goldobin. Do you believe that? Yeah, I, I can believe that they're shopping Goldobin. Why wouldn't you? His value is at an all-time high right now. Just with when you just look at point totals and anything else, if anybody wants to take a flyer on him, now's the time. And not right? just that, Sven Birchie back in the lineup, and also it looks like Brandon Sutter is getting pretty close to coming back as well. Yeah, and then you have guys who you can obviously slot in there in that top six. You have Josh Levo, who I thought since he's been here has been great he got hurt in yeah. last night's game do you yeah. see that yeah, yeah. he's being re well that's the reason why Berchi ended up playing with um Besser and Pedersen which may be like a blessing in disguise because they just look otherworldly out there last night I know it was against the Senators and they're the worst defensive team in the league but like I want to see more of that yeah definitely I I, I do think it's okay to shop Goldobin I don't know if Goldobin is going to make up for those defensive deficiencies. Like, I mean, even by Green's comments there, it sounds like, you know, they've been trying to drive it into his head to go back and do these things and get these things done. And they're continually not being happy. I mean, saying you've held a practice for this player to drive it in to them to, to get better at this stuff and not seeing what you're, you're teaching. It's frustrating from a coaching perspective. He's probably going to draw back in the lineup tonight though. If, Levo's out. What yeah. do you think? Wouldn't you think? I will. I mean, I, I don't know who else you're throwing in there. Yeah. It seems kind of like maybe it's the last opportunity for him if you kind of think about it that way, if he is being shopped. Well, who's going to take him though, right? Like this isn't this isn't like a highly coveted player. That's the other thing is even if he is being shopped, it's somebody being like, well, I see flashes of his game and I think we might be able to refine it. Yeah. But it's not like this is this isn't the team that drafted him. You know, he goes to San Jose and he ripped up the A while he was in San Jose and he couldn't find a landing spot in their roster. Mm -hmm. So it's not like other organizations are blind to that. They kind of understand what's happening and they kind of understand who he's been playing with. Yeah. So I, I think Vancouver, a lot of the like the Vancouver media and Vancouver fans, they tend to pump this guy's tires a little too hard just because of his numbers. But I think his numbers are directly in correlation with a guy like Pedersen. Yeah. But, you know, they're going to have to make room for Brandon Sutter. That's why I think the trade definitely sounds legit. The trade, you know, finding a way to shop him out in a package deal or something. Um, so I thought that sounded like a worthy uh, report from one Elliot Friedman. I would I would maybe even have, I, I wouldn't just look at Goldobin as the only guy on the block, though. I think Sutter is just as much on the block. Yeah. I don't – both guys, like you said, like they don't have a lot of trade value. They just are filling up a roster space right now. I'll tell you who, who they have more value than, Tim Schaller. And if yeah. you could trade that guy in a perfect world, if you could trade that guy, that's the guy you'd probably be getting rid of. Yeah, they have him on a two-year contract or a three-year contract? I think it's a three. Yeah, three-year yeah. contract. I, he, How did he score so many goals last year? I don't know. I don't know, but like you can tell he wants to be back in the lineup. He got in a fight last night. Yeah, like first shift, he was out yeah. there. I was like, okay, he obviously got a message. He got the message. He uh, got pumped in that fight, he, too. He got pumped in that fight. <laughs> Harper or whatever yeah. it was just dummied him. That was... Yeah, and a big 
big goose egg on his forehead. After that was that worse than our photo shoot, Curb. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, okay. So the Canucks are playing again this evening. So we're kind of doing this before the Montreal game. They're continuing their six-game road trip here. They've done half the game so far. There's some interesting games coming up, though, here. Montreal and then Toronto. Toronto. Taranta in on uh, Saturday. That's mm-hmm. going to be fun, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. That team is rolling right now. The can- as good as the Canucks are playing. Well, they got their ass whipped on Saturday against the Islanders. They got That's blanked true. for nothing. Yeah, well, the Canucks right? got blanked too, but overall, they're, I know, they're no, I know really that. Well. I know that. I just wanted wanted to point that out. <laughs> you know, for all those high. Yeah, Toronto is a great team. Nobody's <laughs> denying that. But Barzell did put a hattie on you. That's true. Maybe we, it's Besser's turn to put a hattie on somebody. He needs it. I, I remember, I do recall him putting up a few goals against uh, Carey Price last year. Mm-hmm. And guess who's starting tonight for Montreal? Carey? Carey Price. Oh, he's back already. He's eh? the first, that was quick. He was the first one off the ice in the skate, according to reporters there in uh, Montreal. Fuck, tonight. were the fans hard on him for this last one? Hey, this last little uh, break he took. I think it had something to do with his family, but like some of these Montreal fans, you think Canucks fans are bad? Jesus. For how much time Price has missed these last few seasons, like you can tell it's a point of contention with a lot of these uh, Habs fans. Well, with the Montreal Canadiens being a decent team this year, too, they'd probably like to have their starting goaltender. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so I can kind of understand that. Uh, We got to see some World Junior Hockey action here in Victoria and and Vancouver were were the hosts for this year. We got to see some Canucks prospects play. That was cool. I mean, yes, Canada's out of the tournament. Boo-hoo. You got finned. They got finned. We got to see the Finnish team yeah. play here. We got to see them play the USA. We got to see Quinn Hughes, the Canucks prize prospect. What'd you think when you saw Quinn Hughes? Quinn Hughes, when you're that close to the ice. First off, we don't get to watch games from that level too often, you and I. We had great season. We were second row up, right? And when you're watching hockey that way versus from up top or anything else or even on TV, you just – you don't get like – you get like more of a feel when you're down there, but I feel like you don't get as good of a look sometimes. You get a more of a feel for just how fast the game yes. is, I think. Yeah. You don't quite get to see all the plays. Yeah. But yeah, you get and, to see And you get to pick up a vibe of like intensity and weight, I think, is something else you feel down there. Like you feel like how big some of these players are when they're moving, especially when like contact on the boards happens and that sort of stuff. Um, just going to Quinn Hughes really quick. This is kind of why I'm saying this. Um, his speed down there, like when he was blowing by us. I was completely floored by it. One of the first shifts of the game, he was in there yeah. roving. He's a roving defenseman. Oh, yeah. He does not care. He, <laughs> like, just flies wherever he wants to on the ice. He can totally do it. He can make up for it. He's fast. And even though he's, like, smaller, he doesn't seem out of place. Like, he doesn't seem like a fish out of water. He just looks completely comfortable out there. His skating is really good, man. Yeah. Like, really good. We're talking, like, you know, Duncan Keith type good. I think it's, like, might even be better. He's like he's gonna come into the NHL and be one of the greatest skaters in the NHL already. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how good his skating is. Yeah. Um, well, when you're a smaller player like like Duncan Keith was as well, you have to be a really good skater, and that's yeah. that's what he has on, in his game. And he's got uh, he's got that uh, confidence too, that little swagger. I know? said it before the tourney started, and I'm sticking with it. I think the states is winning this thing. Like they they're just 
They have everything. They know how to shut guys down too. Like Tyler Madden in that game impressed me more than Quinn Hughes did. Yeah, he was player of the game for USA in that four-win win for the the the, uh, the Americans over Finland. He was so hard on the puck and like in front of the net, he was banging away at rebounds and everything. And I was I was looking at that in that game, and I'm like, man, the Canucks need this guy like right now. Like we need a guy who can get in front of the net and keep, you know, chopping away at pucks, lose pucks, hunting them down. Like we need more of these guys right now on our offense. Those are the kind of guys like I want. We have guys who can snipe and score. We don't have like the bangers as much as, as we need. And when I saw that, uh, that facet of Tyler Madden's game, I was very impressed by it. They look good. They were able to beat the Czech Republic 3-1 and they're into the, I guess semifinals now. What did you think of Utenin? Yeah, he was fine. He's he's only 18 years old. Uh, he actually scored the goal to put away Canada. Yeah. In the in the in the quarterfinals yesterday, that was that was very uh, it was a nice opportunistic moment for him. And unexpected in, in the game we were at, he threw down a massive hit. Yeah, he's not doesn't look like he's gonna like you know be an offensive player by any stretch of the imagination. No. But he uh, he looks solid in his own end. He looks uh, he looks like a capable player back there. He looks like he he could crack a roster spot. You know, for being what did they get him? They got him pretty late, fifth round. Yeah, something like that. I mean, he looks like a guy who could maybe crack crack a roster spot on on the decor mm-hmm. and and compete even maybe as soon as next year. Yeah. I I was pretty impressed with him. I I thought the physicality of his game is much like a guy like Jet Wu. He's not as big as Jet Wu, but like he isn't scared to hit, which was cool. All right, let's talk about why Team Canada lost. We got to see some of their scrimmage games here in Victoria. What do you think of their team? I thought their team was okay. I I thought the D was always going to be a bit of a problem. I didn't think the D moved the puck up the ice fast enough. Mm-hmm. And um, they also were getting turnstiled. Like, when we saw him here, that was one of the main things I noticed, was guys were blowing by him too easily. Um, I think Evan Bouchard is a great player, but I think he telegraphs his shot very much so like a guy like Edler, in a way. Like, you always know when Bouchard was going to shoot. And Man, he almost he almost scored to win that game. People, he people drew the penalty away. shot. He drew a penalty shot in overtime yeah. there that they ended up he giving was gone to too. Maxime Comtois. Yeah. Maxime Comtois. So, okay, okay. so you want to talk about what we thought of the team and also what we thought of what happened, right? Yeah, I yeah. just – because that's, okay. that's what everybody's talking about in this country right now. Yeah. Um, so, I thought the D was okay. I thought Dobson was all right. Do- I mean, Dobson, I feel bad for him. This stick just exploding on him when he has a chance to seal it. He had a wide-open net, right? Was that Dobson? That was Dobson, I yeah. thought it was Cody Glass. Okay. No, it was Cody Glass made the pass, and I think it was Dobson who had the, the puck on his stick. Right. Um, anyways, his stick explodes like crazy. Finland goes down the other way and scores. Um, to be honest, they were they Canada's were, biggest problem in that game, thought the goaltender played well, thought that goal that went on Di, Di Pietro, the one that they scored, was so fluky. And as soon as that went in, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, Canada's probably going to lose this game now because that's going to fuck with his head. Like how that goal goes in late in the third period, that's got to make you a little more fragile as a goaltender uh, in regards to to the Finns, you know, I mean, compared to the Finns. So that was the first thing that happened. And then the second thing that happened was um, I knew Tim Hunter was going to put Comtois out there. 
I knew he was because captain of the team, right? Yeah. Like it's the Canadian. It's like that Canadian, uh, like stereotypical thing to do. He's the leader of this team. He's the only second year guy on this team. He brought us this far. Let's give him the shot. And they do that out of respect instead of asking themselves really quickly, what is my best option to win this game? And I honestly think if he would have put a guy like Tippett out there, they would have scored. Or Frost. Morgan Frost is the yeah. leading sco- leading point getter for their team. Going, he had yeah. eight goals in five games. Yeah. Why you know why why don't you give it to the guy with the bit of a hotter hand but but that's why yeah do you think that yeah that's why Comtois was out there I I'm a people don't like me during the world juniors because I'm a I always root for any other team other than Canada why I know it's an unpopular opinion that's horrible because you know why okay why I'm gonna go ahead and say this now. okay Canada's the big bully in this tournament that's what they are they host the tournament every second year. They set all the fucking rules. Like, and then you look at the schedule that was set this year and they say it's random. Sure, it's random. Canada got this gradual buildup of, okay, crappy team, not so crappy team. Oh, then play a tough team. And then you're in the playoff. Then you're in the, then you're in the, the quarterfinal rounds. Their group seemed going. easier this year for yeah, sure. I, I don't like it. I don't like how it's set up for Canada. And it's it's interesting because Canada, yes, we don't have we don't boast about a lot of things. Hockey is one of the things that we boast about. And I appreciate that. But we also act like jerks in hockey. And this world championship, hats off to TSN for making a huge thing and make putting it on the national. Oh, they marketed the shit out of it. I mean, without TSN pumping the tires of this thing continually off and on every single year, this tournament wouldn't be as big as it is. Oh, of course not. They have elevated it to a point where it is a piece of like Canadiana, right? Yeah, when it never, you know, I don't think it was ever this big before. And other countries, I don't think take it as serious as Canada does. I don't know about that. Kind of. I feel I like so. I feel like your Russias and your Swedens and your Finlands, I feel like all those teams and your Team USA's, I feel like all of them take it very seriously. Okay, well the fans are around here acting like it's the Olympics. Seriously. Yeah, they do. You know, and I just I, I just think Canada's the big bully here and I don't like it. Well, what, that being what said, about it makes cool. them a bully? It's, what that, about that, them that, makes a, what about it makes them a bully? I I'm I'm interested. I want to hear this take. Well, they have home ice advantage every yeah. second year. But this like, is the first time in 13 years they have since hosting the tournament they haven't made it. Okay, to the okay, round. but like here's the thing: uh, like usually when you have the connotation of bully, it means like they're pushing somebody around and they're jerks. Well, right? they won 14 nothing over Denmark in that first in that first game. Yeah, was that necessary? No. No, like okay, let, okay. They do that on a consistent basis. The they way the, shit the out way of that team. they celebrate, like the way that they announce those goals yeah. and all that sort of stuff, they should probably tone that down. You know, once you're getting into double digits, the horn going, the off. horn going off, and that, yeah, like yeah, I mean, showing a little bit of class there. But I don't necessarily think that the team themselves and the no, this isn't an organization against the is players. the bully. I kind of think the organization is, yeah. Mm. I don't. I don't have a problem with any of these young kids coming out and playing hard. That's fine. I have no, and I feel sorry for so them this, that they didn't win. This gives you cause to root against them, to actively root against them. Well, that's cold, man. It's like if it's a if it's a big game and it's against like the U.S. or something, I'll cheer for Canada. Okay. Yeah, but if it's like you know, the Swiss or you know, want to hear something or the Finns or you want to hear the Swedes. You want to hear a uh, a I confession? Kinda, yeah, let's hear it. 
you cheer against them too. So yesterday, I knew it. No, I knew hold it. on. So yesterday, <laughs> Canada versus Finland. Okay. As you know, I've said this on the podcast before. I am of half Finnish descent. Mm-hmm. Guess what jersey I was wearing when I was watching <laughs> that game. Hey, here's this guy giving me crap. <laughs> I wasn't wearing any jerseys during that game. I was just watching as a... You're an enabler, though. You're part of the reason why I have that jersey. You and my buddy Nick. Shout out to Nick for the awesome Swami jersey as well. But, uh, yeah, what am I going to not wear it? <laughs> that fresh? Anyways, so just don't give me shit is all I'm saying. You were too actively cheering for the other team. Only when it's the Finns. Only when it's the Finns. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not cheering for Russia or Sweden or... Any of that sort of well, stuff. Well, I also cheer for good games, and I also yeah, I love a good hockey. I thought that yesterday's game for one nothing for how long it was was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go, our World Junior Hockey Championship roundup. You think USA is going to take it? I do. So, yeah, uh, I'm probably going to agree with you. They, I, I saw two games. I saw live. I saw two games live. I saw uh, Slovakia play Finland. Yeah. And then I saw Finland play the USA, which I saw with you. And then I saw Finland play Canada yesterday, that full game I watched full. So I saw a lot of Finland play. Yeah. And I thought they were really good. I, I, I thought they were a level above Slovakia. But then I watched them play the USA, and I thought USA was a level above from them when we watched that game. Did I, didn't think fin- were- I didn't think Finland had the best game when we were watching it. I thought their goalie let in a couple yeah. stinkers. He yeah. let in two stinkers. Yeah. But in that game, it definitely felt like the States was the better team. And they were shutting down uh, Hepanami. I thought yeah. he got nothing in the game that we watched. Um, so, but I thought USA, I just, for those, between those teams, and then I watched Finland play Canada on TV. I wasn't there live, so I didn't quite see all the nuances, but... I thought that Finland was better than Canada. I thought they deserved to win I thought for the most game. part. Di Pietro they, yeah. was on his, playing on his head that yep. entire game. And he was is, Canada's best player. Yeah, and that's one really good thing to come out of the World Championships here so far for the Canucks anyway. Not only is Quinn Hughes and Tyler Madden great, but Michael Di Pietro played in four games, 1.23 goals against average, 9.52 save percentage. And I have to come out and say this because I was wrong. I said going into this <laughs> to this championship, I watched the scrimmage games at the Q Center here in Colwood, Greater Victoria, and I watched Ian Scott play, and I watched Michael DiPietro, and I thought it was clear that Ian Scott was the better goalie. I didn't think it was clear, but I you could tell DiPietro was struggling. He was fighting it. And I was saying at the beginning, I'm like, just give him some time. I mean, he traveled like all the way across Canada, settled in, new rinks, new building. By the end of it, he's the better goaltender, and he'll he'll get it done. I love um, how he for fights. this team. I really he, he like played how he really fights. well for them. Yeah, like he's not the reason why they're out of this tournament. No, he was fantastic. Yeah, that sucked. Like that's a brutal bounce off the back of the net, and then in front, and he, next thing you know, it's in the really net. quickly. Like with the fins, just going back to the fins for a second. You're talking about Yoki Haru, uh, Heponiemi. Yep. Um, Tolvanen. Mm-hmm. I thought all three of those guys were like other world. I thought Tolvanen was awesome. And player. what's the guy that's supposed to be drafted in the top Co- three? Capo Gakko. Gakko, yeah. Gakko, yeah. he looks he looks good. He's got a yeah. big body already. Yeah. Like man, that they got some studs on that team. Yeah, maybe they're a dark horse. I don't know. I but we watched them play against the U.S. They didn't. They didn't. And you were you said they didn't play their best game, but they they look like a step below the U.S. The man, the U.S. is just stacked. They are like they're 
really good team. Yeah. Okay. What, and Jack Hughes is back too, playing. So where are we off to next here? Uh, the NHL. Oh, one more thing. Sorry. Can I just World Junior real quick? Yeah. Kazakhstan. I went to a Kazakhstan-Sweden game. Mm-hmm. The entire stadium was cheering Kazakhstan. Nobody was cheering for Sweden. Like, every time Kazakhstan got the puck through the neutral zone, people were, like, getting out of their feet being like, oh. Kazakhstan ended up scoring a goal in the third period in that game. The roof fucking blew off. It was the loudest I've ever heard uh, the Save on Foods Memorial Center. You were at that game? Since I was there. Yeah. Oh. It was crazy, man. I didn't know you were at that game. Yeah, I got last-minute tickets. But, like, I had such a blast. Mm. Anyways, so if you ever have a chance and you go to one of these tournaments or whatever and you get tickets to a Kazakhstan something game, don't shrug it off, man, because, like, the in-game atmosphere to see a team that is that, like, out of favor versus, like, a really highly ranked team like Sweden, it can be a fun experience. I wonder if it was happening in Vancouver, too, because I know Victoria kind of, like, really caught on with the Kazakhstan team. They were like, let's really get behind these underdogs. I'm not yeah. sure if it was happening in Vancouver, but it was cool in Victoria. They were really cheering for the underdog there. Yeah. All right, so we're moving on from that. The NHL. Oh, one more thing. Oh, my goodness. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. I just wanted to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, NHL All, uh, the NHL All-Star Game is coming up at the end of this month. They announced uh, the division captains, and then they announced their players. Elias Pettersson making the roster. He has 42 points in 37 games this year. He's the quickest to 40 points by a Canuck rookie. Uh, eclipsing Brock Besser from last year, who had 40 points in 40 games, mm-hmm. I believe it was. Oh, no, sorry. He had 40 points in 38 games, I think it was. Okay, I might be getting those numbers off wrong. But anyway, he got there faster. Pedersen now has 42 points in in uh, 37 games. He's he's uh, he's going to... Sh- turn some heads at the all-star game right that's oh, what's gonna happen. Pee. that's what's gonna happen and if and if people get out there and fan vote you'll get brock besser on that team and we'll see the one-two punch you think that'll happen well i voted for besser i think six times today oh nice yeah nice. So you, you go on that, that nhl all-star slash vote i think it is yeah um last man in or whatever yeah it's last it. man in and they have like a whole bunch of tiers for every division and you're allowed to vote up to 10 times a day I don't like how you have to have one player from every roster in it. I mean, I don't like the all-star game as it is, but... I think since it's gone three-on-three, it's been far more entertaining than it was before. Yeah, yeah. I think the new format helps it out, and I think now it's one of the better, like, all-star showings. Yeah. Just the game itself. The skills comp, like, you can't touch NBA skills comp, but mm-hmm. um, as a whole, it's, it's really improved since... They went to the three-on-three format. Yeah, it just gives us another chance to wax poetic about about Elias Patterson, right? That's just that's well, all it is. You sounded like you were about to say Brock Besser, and it's a reason to wax poetic about him too. I mean, both these guys are otherworldly players, and if they both get in there, like that's a huge tell to show people that the Canucks are here and like they're not to be trifled with. Yeah. Uh, one other note coming out from the NHL. Alex Ovechkin has backed out of the NHL All-Star game. He's, of course, the reigning MVP of the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, He's the NHL's leading scorer. He was named captain for the Metropolitan Division. He's getting a one-game suspension for it. Do you think this is a bad move? No, he can do whatever he wants. Does this look bad on the NHL, though? Mm, No, I don't think so. You don't think this sets a precedent? I I I think other guys have already done it. This isn't—he's not the first guy to do this. 
you know, know Crosby's missed an all-star game before it's you know if you're gonna if you're gonna duck out and you're gonna take your one game suspension power to you his uh his quote my body needs rest he said after practice on Wednesday so that was yesterday yep. he's played in all 33 games this season he leads the Capitals with 45 points three quarters of those goals he almost already has 40 goals <laughs> i know he's insane uh i don't know i just i just think that maybe you are kind of setting a precedent for other players to do it oh ovechkin did it it's okay for me to do it he's getting a one game suspension on it his body needs rest you could be you could argue that he's setting a precedent but it's not that he is other players have done this before i know ovi's been to like every all-star game since he's been in the league he can afford to miss one. But he's not also, a big deal. He's also the face of the league, right? That's well, he's one of the faces of the league. I but mean, when you but get at these things, he's eh, huge. But he's when huge you get into this things. this argument of like who's the face of the league, you can talk like they got four guys representing these teams now. Ovechkin was one, but it's so easy to throw a guy like Crosby in there, who's in the exact same division, to be the the face of the league if he wants to be. You already have McDavid in there as representing. I know, as but one those of guys the are boring. Of the league, those guys are boring. I, yeah, but that's Ovech- just there's, that's Ovechkin's your opinion on him. No, no, Ovechkin's got this flair to him. There's Everybody like, knows I, that. I know, but there's kids out there who, and let's face it, the All-Star Games for family and for kids to get kids into the game. You think a kid's going to be like, oh, Sidney Crosby's boring? No one, well, no kid's going to say well, that. Well, it's more the same with Crosby. He's a machine. You know that. I understand that. And he does his talking on the ice, and he'll still razzle-dazzle people on the ice. If he's named, it doesn't even matter if he's named captain enough. The NHL has enough star power that a guy can miss a game. And it's not setting a precedent because it's been done before. I'm just saying he's their most marketable star. Ovechkin. Ovechkin. Yeah. I disagree. You disagree. Yeah. Why? Because he's Russian? No. Well, actually, in North America, that probably has something to do with it. Yeah. I, I just think that when you get into these types of situations, there's guys that thrive and flourish well, yeah. and he's he's probably at the top of the list he's for sure a marketable star but he's a marketable star to guys like us who love what he's doing and who have loved what he's doing for a while now well, we saw the that. stanley cup videos I mean. over the summer and everything like that but like when you look at hockey team i mean hockey uh brands that attach themselves to stars people go they'll take crosby or they'll take a mcdavid over a guy like ovechkin any day of the week well that's you know we were talking about hockey wise there but i'm talking about straight star power guys who fill the seats guys who uh you know can bring attention in all mediums and Ovechkin has an ability to do that that n- nobody else in hockey does. I disagree. I think Crosby has just as big of an ability, and McDavid has really? just as big those of an guys ability. were getting drunk all summer. No, but those guys have enough star power to get <laughs> people. Ovechkin was no, like the biggest. Listen, and you're, what the you're talking star. about is you just said to get people in seats, right? Well, people who aren't hockey fans into seats. Yeah. Yes, Crosby and McDavid can do that. All right. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying he is. The NHL's biggest star right now. And he's coming off, you know, one of the greatest postseason runs. He's uh he was great this offseason. He was one of the biggest names this offseason of any sport. He I, was at the top of the highlight reels. I completely agree with that in, in like Twitter and stuff, but I don't I don't think if you did a poll of who the NHL's biggest star is right now, I don't think a lot of people would say Alex Ovechkin. All right. Well, they're absolutely wrong. All of them. Uh, here's a question I wanted to pose to you, and I should have done it earlier when we were talking about the Canucks, but right now in the Pacific, and we're talking about All-Stars right now, there seems to be a great amount of duos going on here in the in the Pacific Division, 
on Canadian teams as it is. Who would you rather have? Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monaghan, or Connor McDavid, Leon's Dreisaitl, Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson, Patrick Laine, Mark Shifley, Mitchell Marner, Austin Matthews. These are duos. But isn't that, isn't that Marner thing more Tavares? I feel like those guys are playing more together now. Maybe, but I'm, I'm just saying young stars going forward. Who would you rather have? What duo would you rather have? Well, I, I, I mean, my bias wants to say Petey and Besser, but also the fact that they're so young. I will say this: is, we is haven't seen thing. we haven't seen the best from these guys. Yeah, yet, which is crazy. And, and, and like, I really like Goudreau and Monahan yeah. as much as like my anti-Flames mentalities. Like, no, you shouldn't like those guys. But man, they're, I they're playing. I the best really, right really, now. really like Goudreau and Monahan. Like, I really like them. They're playing the best, I think, yeah. out of all the duos right now. Shifley and Lines. I mean, they're all good. Know, you can't right? go wrong with any of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's pretty cool, though, to have all these duo of stars in Canadian markets. Yeah. Like, it's been a while since we've had that, right? Well, I mean, Montreal doesn't have one. Yeah, well, they um, got uh, the Duchesne Stone. The Duchesne Stone <laughs> combo is pretty nice as well. You know, they're older guys. Well, Duchesne's an older... It's funny to say Duchesne's an older guy now, but... No, um, right? It is funny. Um, Shabbat, he's pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, like, those two guys play with each other, Stone and Duchesne, and I really like what they do, too. I'm just saying, you know, young star players that you can build a franchise around. Yeah. And that's that's what all these well, I think, teams I, have. I think I want to just go with PD and Bester because of the age. <laughs> and your homerism. And I'm a homer. Yeah, yeah. you're a homer. You've never been... Uh, well, hey, I give props to... F- the the flames one i really like the flames one man yeah well, i mean marner and matthews is pretty ridiculous too yeah but they don't play together as much well i mean just look i don't mean those guys together i mean as you're building a franchise i, I get what you're guys. saying but all the other guys you've mentioned played it together a little more yeah. except for shifley and line sometimes they split those guys up well together. i mean i think the biggest reason marner and matthews aren't playing together is because Tavares is here playing, yeah. playing with marner yeah so that's a strike against them. <laughs> Sounds like an unfair strike. Yeah. Um, one last thing I want to ask you before we, we, we wrap up this thing, because you've got to get back to work. I'm just being a lazy sack of shit and watching old Tommy Lee Jones movies. Uh, yeah, what are you doing? The Dallas Star CEO, I think his name is Jim Lights. Mm-hmm. I think it's Jim Lights. Anyway, he had some very poignant quotes, very some poignant criticism. Uh, towards his two stars who they've built their roster around Jamie Ben and local guy yeah local guy Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan yep uh, he they came out and said their performances just weren't good enough uh, it's horseshit profanity laced fucking horseshit yeah, yeah. Yep. profanity laced criticism uh, where where are you on this uh, it's interesting because you don't see it very often um, upper management criticizing stars where where did where, what were you thinking? Did you, you see the NHLPA's response? Uh, no. Oh, I thought it was like you can't call us that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, was it the one? These guys are great ambassadors. Oh, it's just like it was him. just so ridiculous. Yeah. I I mean, like obviously, it's not it's not ideal to say that, yeah. you know. But that's a guy speaking emotionally, like he's pissed, and the star's window should be right now. Their playoff window should be right now. It should have started two years ago, and it should continually be right now. They're in danger of missing the playoffs for the third straight year. They're paying those guys a fucking buttload of money. 
both of those guys are making ridiculous cash. And um, like, I think the proof is in the pudding. When we went and saw the Stars play the Canucks this year, who was the best player on the ice for the Stars? Well, you said it was Jason Spezza. I thought uh, I thought Radulov was pretty good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it wasn't neither it wasn't, of those two was, guys. Yeah. yeah, although Ben did score a goal. Yeah, he did score a goal. But that was a tapping. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I I understand uh, where the star is at right now, where they need to be, and obviously their CEO doesn't think he they are where they need to be. Uh, Jamie Ben's making 13 million dollars, not against the cap, but he's making 13 million dollars this year. He needs to be a bigger a bigger force on the team. Clearly, yeah, it just it needs to look like they even are more engaged or something. Man, when Ben is playing, he's unreal. I mean, he has eight. He has 18 goals this year, so it's not like mm-hmm. he's like having. He's not like just not having a good year, not, not playing. But it's not all. always just measured in goals, right? I we can. Yeah. It, it's all. It's on ice effort, and I didn't notice him as one of the best players out there. And you know what? Part of the reasons why we pick a game to go see the stars is to go see a guy like Jamie Ben. Mm-hmm. And when you're a fan paying that money and that guy isn't performing, I that just, sucks for fans yeah. too. And and lights has a point. Their 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 attendance in Dallas is uh, talk. Uh, bottom th- bottom 10 in the league you know they're like I think they're 23rd in annual attended games well now that football's over maybe they'll get a few more fans. yeah now the f- but you shouldn't be relying on that you should be relying on your star power you're paying them that much to draw these guys in mm-hmm. and you're trying to make the playoffs and that team is getting older yeah. and a team like Calgary has surpassed them as as a team that is a favorite now to get in the playoffs and actually make some damage a couple of years ago you wouldn't say that and there's teams that have just they've just kind of floated along as the same team and all these other teams around them are getting better. Yeah. Even with Nichushkin back. Valerie Nichushkin. Who I think is a really good player. I was uh Isn't he like pointless since yeah, he's been he back? Really he hasn't done much. Yeah. yeah, I know. But he's a good player. I remember when he was playing with the stars a few years ago, and I was like, Man, this guy's good. Where did they find him? But yeah, he's been pretty uh pretty quiet. So anyway, I just thought it was interesting because usually something like this doesn't work out very well for the franchise. Well, fuck, they like like played Detroit the next day and they spanked them? Yeah. Well, I mean, last night, Sagan had a couple of goals as well I was watching, so maybe this is the kick in the ass they need. Both guys have said the right things. They they took the high road. Sometimes you need a kick in the ass. Their CEO didn't take the high road, but they, they did. So I just thought it was interesting, and it made headlines across the NHL. We don't have that problem here in Vancouver. We got guys that are engaged, right? <laughs> you know, maybe not Louis Erickson all the time, but our top players are. Elias. Our Patterson. top players are playing puck, man. And I'm loving it. Yeah. So you can ask. And our bottom guys are grinding. The team's been great. I the the jersey game bugged me, um, just because I felt like if they would have solved Blackwood earlier in that game, they probably would have stuck in it. It would have been a different game. They were they were out of it, you know, by the beginning of the third. Yeah. But part of that is on goaltending, and that goaltender is no longer with us. Holy shit! Am I excited for the Toronto game though? It'll be a four o'clock start, the prime time game out east. I'm pissed. I'm in, I'm gonna be up in the air for it. Okay, that's enough. That's what we should end with here. Uh, Caleb Kirby is leaving between the Stammers. Never to return. <laughs> yeah, I've had enough. <laughs> He's had enough of my crap. Yeah. My uh my uh my hot takes. 
my against the grain takes. So next week, I'm not going to be here. I heard you already f- wrangled a replacement for me. I have. So, but before we get into that, where are you going? It's a secret. Can't be talking about it on it. No, I'm going to China and then I'm going to Japan for a little while. And uh, I'm probably going to be gone maybe two weeks worth between the stammers. Mm-hmm. Hopefully just one, but maybe two. We'll see how uh, I do back with the old jet leg. Caleb came back last year from a trip to China, and boy, he was out for another week. He might as well have taken two weeks off and been in China for those two weeks. Yeah, you're not wrong. I <laughs> uh, hope you have a good time there. Thanks, bud. Mm, you know, think of us here at Between the Stammers. We're going to keep chugging on with or without Kirby here. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Between the Stammers. Oh, wait, Caleb Kirby, where can we find you? At Curbman23 on Twitter. You can also reach us with any questions or comments at betweenthestammers at gmail.com. And you can find me at Art Aronson, both on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks, guys. <laughs>